day, everybody, and welcome to episode four of Rare and Resilient One in Five Thousand podcast. And today we travel all the way to Alaska in the United States and welcome Rebecca, who is the mother of two-year-old Jackson, who was born with IARM. How are you, Rebecca? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Very good, very good. So I'll get you to share your story, which is at chapter 32, page 63 of the book, and then we'll have a little chat afterwards to find out what's happened since you wrote, wrote the chapter. Here it goes. When... When I was around six or seven years old, I had this overwhelming feeling that I was going to have a boy someday. It was not just me feeling this way because I wanted a boy. No, quite the opposite. I remember feeling disappointed and trying to convince myself it was just my imagination. I wanted girls, I did not want a boy. No matter how hard I tried, I just could not shake that feeling. Years later, my mother would also tell me that she had always felt I was meant to have a boy. When I gave birth to our second daughter while struggling with infertility, I thought God must have changed his mind. After all, we struggled to have our two girls and a third was just not in the cards, even if we had wanted another child. However, when my doctor said, you have a time frame of about two months where you might be able to get pregnant, after that you will not be able to have any more, my husband Joe looked at me and said, well, three might be fun. So there we were one month later, pregnant with our third and final child. As soon as I got that positive test, I knew this was my boy. This was the boy God had told me I would have and I was over the moon. I had a normal pregnancy and a normal delivery. On September 26th, 2018, Jackson Carter Thomas Vickery was born. The nurses looked over his perfect little body, wrapped him up and handed him to me. He was beautiful. Over the next day in the hospital, Jackson was refusing to eat and would spit up everything he did take. His nurses kept trying to force him to eat while giving us reasons why he may be having trouble. None of it was a concern as it was not completely out of the ordinary to have some issue at first. Jackson's pediatrician, Dr. Jeff Brand, MD, came in to do his routine newborn check. I remember like it was yesterday. I don't think he has an anal opening. The next thing I knew, Jackson was being whisked away to the NICU while Joe and I sat completely scared and confused. No anal opening, is that even possible? Jackson would have his first surgery that day. We were told to expect him to come out of surgery with a colostomy, but we would not know the extent of his anorectal problems until they could open him up. This was devastating. It was all I could do to keep myself together. I cried almost constantly. My baby was one day old and we had been getting ready to take a healthy baby home less than a day ago. Now he is in surgery and we do not even completely understand why. Jackson came out of surgery with a colostomy. He had an imperforate anus, but nobody knew what type or how severe it was. We were told that nothing else was expected to be wrong, but with the imperforate anus came routine protocols that meant he needed to undergo many other tests to rule out other issues. Over the next two weeks, we were bombarded with doctors, specialists, and therapists. Before every test, every MRI, every ultrasound and x-ray, we were told not to worry. They did not think anything else was wrong, though nobody ever specified what they were looking for. But after every test, MRI, ultrasound, and x-ray came something new that was wrong with our son. Jackson had a tethered spinal cord. He was missing his coccyx. He had two holes in his heart. He had hydrophonosis of his left kidney, 
and we were told he may lose kidney function. He might develop a neurogenic bladder and need to be catheterized every day for the rest of his life. We were told his tethered spinal cord was not an issue that needed to be addressed now. We could wait two years to even have it looked at, and they might not ever want to do surgery to untether because it would just retether, and that we should just wait and see what happens. Eventually, Jackson was diagnosed with Vactral Association. He had four of the letters in the acronym, vertebral, anorectal, cardiac, and renal. We would also learn that Jackson's imperforate anus was one of the rarest types, and he has little chance of being bowel continent. High imperforate anus with a rectobladder neck fistula. We were in what I can only describe as a fog. We walked through the halls of the hospital, dazed and red-faced from crying. I remember after learning about Jackson's kidney issues, we left to get lunch at the Village Inn. The waiter noticed our NICU badges and our red eyes. He too had been a NICU parent. He paid for our meal and only said, us NICU families stick together. I will never forget that. In the hospital, we had to learn how to change a colostomy bag. This was something that Joe did, not me. Looking back, I do not really know why. I suspect I was not handling things well and I just could not bring myself to do it. The biggest issue with it was that nobody really knew how to do it. It is something that we do not see much of in Alaska. The nurses just had minimal training in school and never really had to practice on the job. They showed us the basics, but ostomy parents know it is anything but basic. Jackson was discharged on October 10th, 2018. He was doing well considering everything he had just gone through. We were set up with an ostomy nurse in Anchorage and had ostomy supply company at a state. We had our follow-up appointments and a binder full of paperwork, specialists, diagnosis, and medical jargon. The next 14 months would prove to be some of the hardest of our lives. Jackson's colostomy bag leaked constantly. We have a handful of ostomy nurses here, none of them having experience with infants, so we had little help. Jackson was a unique case. His surgeon had accidentally reversed the stoma and mucus fistula during surgery. The stoma was the raised raspberry that is supposed to protrude from the abdomen while the fistula is flat and acts as a sort of valve for excess mucus in the intestine. However, in Jackson, stool flowed out of that flat fistula instead. This caused many problems with leakage, as stool could easily get under the sticky wafer and cause the entire bag to come loose. We were going through a new bag every couple of hours. Jackson's skin would break down, peel off, and bleed. Well, at a postpartum checkup, I was talking to my doctor about Jackson. She asked me something I had not even thought of. Had we considered going out of state for a second opinion for Jackson's colorectal issues? Living in Alaska, our medical options are limited. She suggested maybe seeking a specialist would be beneficial. I brought this up with Dr. Brand and he agreed and suggested also seeing a pediatric neurosurgeon. As the neurosurgeon that saw Jackson admitted, he had never treated infants, nor had he seen this type of cord tethering. I was soon on my way to Seattle with Jackson for a consultation. This is what I consider to be the turning point. In Seattle, we saw a surgeon who specialized in colorectal issues like Jackson's, and she had also trained under the famed pediatric colorectal specialist, Dr. Levitt. The surgeon was wonderful and scheduled Jackson for his next surgery, the PSARP, when he would be four months old. This would correct his anorectal malformation, though his, his future for bowel continence would still be unknown. 
our surgeon would also redo Jackson's ostomy, fixing the mistake made by the previous surgeon and switching the stoma and mucous fistula back the way they should be. We then saw a pediatric neurosurgeon. After reviewing all of Jackson's imaging, he told us our local neurosurgeon had misdiagnosed his tethered spinal cord. It was something that needed to be taken care of now, but it would not retether. If we had waited like we were originally advised, Jackson would have suffered irreversible damage to his spine, and he may never have crawled or walked. Surgery was scheduled for three months after the PSARP. Jackson would just be seven months old during his third surgery. Both surgeries went well. We were finally on track where we could see some light at the end of the tunnel. Jackson was scheduled three months later for his colostomy reversal. Our boy would finally be able to poop like a normal kid, and we would not have to change colostomy bags. The day finally came, August 14th, 2019. Jackson was 10 months old. For some reason, this one scared me more than the others. But when he finally came out of surgery without the bag, I thought it was over. Five days later, Jackson woke up screaming. I kept pleading for help, saying something was wrong with my son, but I was brushed off. Our regular surgeon was not in that day, but the doctors on her team just kept telling me he was fine. No amount of arguing could convince them otherwise, but they did some x-rays anyway. There was no blockage. He seemed fine from a medical standpoint. At 9 p.m. that night, Jackson was rushed into emergency surgery. His intestine had come apart inside his abdomen and he was leaking infection and intestinal fluid into his tiny belly. He would need the colostomy again. Three more months, each doctor on the team came to me and personally apologized. They should have listened. A mother's intuition is a powerful thing. His next colostomy reversal went without a hitch, though it was by far the most terrifying. We could only worry about reliving the last time. It took a long time for us to finally relax after his successful colostomy reversal. He was 14 months old during his sixth surgery. Jackson turned two years old this year. The holes in his heart closed on their own. We were told he would need to be followed his entire childhood by urology for his kidney and bladder. During his last exam, it was found that his kidney has completely healed and his bladder is healthy and working properly. He was released by urology. We were told he would need to be followed by neurology his entire childhood because of his tethered cord, missing coccyx, and his overall bacterial diagnosis. He was also released from neurology. He is symmetrically strong, showing no signs of muscle weakness or any signs that he ever had spinal abnormalities. The part of his spine that is he is missing is not affecting him at all. Our little miracle is healing and his doctors are astounded. The only obstacle now is potty training. Jackson will need bowel management for the rest of his life, but the rate he is going, I am hopeful this too will prove minimal. Our little warrior wears a smile constantly and has a laugh that lights up a room. He steals hearts everywhere we go and my three babies are best friends. His sisters love him more than life itself and he adores them the same. He was meant to be here, he was meant to be ours, and he was meant to do big things in this life. Watch out world, this boy is unstoppable. Oh, Rebecca, well done. You got through that. How was it? I could see you were getting a little bit well, shaky there a got, couple of yeah. times. A little bit. It's, it's hard to think back at that hard, that time where he almost didn't make it. Yes, yes. And it was just such a powerful story. I really appreciate it because you've had to endure a lot of letdowns. Yeah. And 
we we found out he's um it's a little more complicated now because of his misdiagnoses in the very beginning and the lack of uh knowledge of where yeah. where we live so and can you bring us up to date with what what's happened since you wrote the story i know you've had further um consultations yes not not too long after um we just had terrible issues with skin integrity, uh, diaper rash. Um, he was just broken open, bleeding. His diapers would get soaked in blood, and they didn't really know how to how to help us other than just change his senna dosage, change his fiber dosage, and fiber would constipate him, and then he'd get sick. And so I I was desperate, and I reached out, and um, that's when you suggested contacting Dr. Bischoff and I did right away and she she called me that same day and asked if um, uh, she wanted his medical records and she wanted details and she said I want him in Colorado immediately and I said but bowel management doesn't usually start for children until they're potty training and she said but his current treatment and his quality of life is unacceptable. Yeah. And we were on a plane two months, two months later, taking him to bowel management and um, found out that he is actually missing his entire sacrum, not just his tailbone, which doctors knew because Dr. De La Torre found that from his MRI from birth. So, or his x-ray, one of his x-rays from birth showed that he has nothing below S3 and everything else is malformed and not even really there. So that changes his entire prognosis. He's uh, diagnosed now as bowel incontinent with tendency to constipate with zero chance of ever being continent. I can so, only imagine that must have come as a massive shock at the time. Well, Dr. De La Torre looked at me like um, I should be more upset, but I think I was more relieved that some doctor was finally being honest with us. Right. So I felt more relief than I did grief. Oh, we I finally see. had answers. We could finally be on a path that would get his quality of life to be in a good place. And, and how has that been since you went to Denver? Well, um, it's been good. Um, we were told that the, the, the Senna was the worst possible treatment for his type of anorectal malformation, that it was disastrous. And so he, we started on daily enemas and we have had hiccups every now and then when we finally got home, I did have to take him for x-rays because he, they stopped working and it, it was a battle, but now I think we finally have it figured out. And he's, he hasn't had diaper rash since we've been in Colorado. Oh, really? He's been completely clean. Um, he used to get car sick all the time because he was just always constipated and we didn't know it. And he would throw up all the time. He hasn't been car sick since. We don't have to give him Dramamine anymore before we go in the car. So it, it, he's really been okay. Oh, it's been that's good. That's great. And that's, and that's the unpredictable with IARM with what sort of uh, laxatives or medicines or whatever, because some, some kiddos and adults where Senna works perfectly like me. Mm -hmm. 
for instance. And then there's, in case of Jackson, it's the total opposite. And that's where it's so difficult because each type is so different and can cause so many different problems. So to be able to get that answer must be a, such a relief for, for your whole family. It's a great relief. It, it's, it's been amazing. And um, I mean, our family is so close and I'm very open about Jackson's condition. And um, I mean, he just has, we have such a huge support system, um, obviously all over the world. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's been an eye-opening experience. It's changed all of our lives, but for the better. To be quite honest, I decided I want to go to nursing school. So I started pre-nursing all because of Jackson. Um, I, I, I wanted to be that, that person that helped other families through difficult situations because we wouldn't have made it if it weren't for our nurses. Um, they are incredible people. They are absolutely amazing. And Jackson's just, I, I was so afraid that he wasn't going to have the same opportunities as his sisters, but we have a fantastic preschool who has offered him free preschool tuition to start preschool and he's smart he's active you wouldn't know that he had a disability and I hope he carries that for the rest of his life that's that's so wonderful and especially for parents who are just starting this journey to to listen to what you your family and Jackson has been through but to see where he is now it's you know it's inspirational and it gives people hope and that's what we need and i really hope that i bring that to somebody well you already are because you've helped the one in five thousand foundation with your um your little frames that you did for us if you want to just yes, give, yes. give everyone a, a background of what how that all started well i i i just i wanted to give back and i found a design that i kind of I thought, oh, that would make, if I changed it and changed this and changed that, and then talking with you and we came up with uh, the one in 5,000 design and it just, it kind of, it just, I wanted people that were experiencing this, whether they're parents of children with IA or whether they're adults or teenagers to, to look at that and think that they are unstoppable every, every one of them are beautiful and just wonderful in every way. And just to let everybody know, the um, the frames have all different words on them. Uh, resonate with what we believe IA and our community is all about. Have you got one in front of you? Can give people some of the yeah. words? Uh, yeah, I do. I have one right here. Fighter, rare, warrior, courage, strong, resilient, hope beautiful kind changing changing was maybe the my, my favorite um on there because i wanted i wanted people to know that they can change lives and they can inspire others and i hope that jackson does that someday oh he already is and i can let you in on a little secret i actually haven't told him anyone about this i came up with the rare and resilient name for the book because I was looking at that frame day in, day out, just in front of me. And I kept on going back and looking at the words. And I thought, I've just got to use two of those words. And the rare and resilient stood out. So you're the one who's inspired the name of that book, Rebecca. Oh, thank you. No, I didn't know that. That's, that's really cool. It's great. So 
I really appreciate you joining us. It's it's been wonderful to hear your story and your journey, and and most importantly, it's wonderful that that things are going so well at the moment for Jackson, and that's the most important thing. It is, yes. Thank you. So thanks again for joining us, Rebecca, on the Rare and Resilient One in Five Thousand podcast, and I'm sure your story will touch a lot of people's lives. Bye.